I'll just I'll start off with with one of the things that's that's um, made me sad over the past uh, 15 years in in the in the Navy, and that's that we never were a part of a chapel. Breaks my heart. We lived down the street from a chapel in Virginia Beach, and then when we left that tour, I said, why, why weren't we part of the chapel? We want to be part of a community that we can walk to because proximity sometimes means more accountability, which means more doing life together. We came from a, from a denomination before where we would drive 70 miles to be with our own kind, people who think like us, who look like us, who... It was just homogeny, and now the Lord's brought us to a place where we want to do life with people. I had, this, I had this strong conviction when I woke up this morning that said, you know, being on staff here, being a part of this family, I, I, I don't care if the, if the pews are full, quite frankly. I just want to do life with people. Whether it was five of you in here or 500, we want to do life with you. Do you, you see what I'm saying? We're coming out of a time where, where we really need each other, where we're... The world told us to, to separate from each other, literally, physically, and we want to gather. We want to fellowship. We want to be known and loved, and we're just saying, would you, would you join us in that? Okay, I had to, I had to just get that off my, my heart. Um, the passage that, that we started off with today out of the, the lectionary was Psalm 103. Now, we usually do a gospel reading, Old Testament reading, and, and I encourage you to, to, to look up that Luke passage when you get home. For, but for today, I have a short amount of time to focus on possibly the, arguably the greatest psalm ever written. Did you know that your, your original psalm book, when we say grab your hymnal, is really psalms? Psalms is a book of 150 songs. And some say this right here, Psalm 103, is the most beautiful song ever written it in verse 8 it, it quotes an old testament scripture that is the most quoted scripture in all the old testament and we'll we'll get to that so if you would turn your bibles to psalm 103 psalm 103 now a little bit about myself the year was 1989? I, I don't know. I could be anywhere from 6 here to 16. I just, so that's me in the middle, right there. That's my sister, Nico, my brother, Chris, my older sister, Annalisa, my mom, who is here for three weeks, and then my dad, who is hanging out with Jesus right now, smiling about us and saying, hey, can't wait for you guys to get here. Um, I don't know about you, but, what, but uh, when, I, when I was a child, okay, and maybe all the children in here can resonate with this, I was always talking to myself. Okay, so raise your hand if, you, if you're a child in here and you've talked, you caught yourself talking to yourself. Okay, so now all the adults, how many of you ever caught yourself talking to yourself? See, every, see? And this is not an adult service. This is, every, this is a community service, okay? I'll never forget this guy named Gene Cunningham. He would... Ryder was a baby. He's 13 now. He was crying in the service. And we're like, hey, be quiet. This is church. And I remember Gene said, no, 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 no. When I preach in Papua New Guinea, there is goats walking by. There's sheep going, nah, in the back. And, and, and uh, a lot of noise and a lot of babies crying means it's a growing church. A lot of quiet means it's a dying church. 
We love noise. Children, you can make noise in here. I'm not going to not going to get mad at you. I'm not going to but but this this message is for all of us, okay? So when I was when I was a, a child, maybe like 6 years, there was a show called Bobby's World, okay? Bobby's World. Anybody heard of Bobby's World? Yes. Bobby was always talking to himself. And the whole cartoon show, he had this inner monologue and he was talking to himself and he would he would dream about things and he would he was just always talking to himself. And then another one of my favorite shows was The Wonder Years. All right, who's a Wonder Years fan? Also a show where Kevin Arnold had this inner monologue the whole time. And he, he, everything he's thinking, you get to see what he's, you get to hear what he's thinking. His crush on Winnie Cooper and his friend and his crazy brother. And I love these two shows because they taught me that I wasn't alone in my talking to myself. I said, oh, I can relate. I can relate to these guys. I was always talking to myself about being a superhero, which one I wanted to be. And even till this day, I still talk to myself. And I preach to myself. Sometimes I yell at myself. Sometimes I'm nice to myself, which I should be more. So thank you, Chaplain Brian, for telling us to be kind to ourselves. That's one of the hardest things. I think if you're being honest, you would say that you are talking to yourself a lot. In fact, nobody talks to you more than you. And if anybody here is angry about someone lying to them, well, I promise you, no one has lied to you more than you. I think it was the late uh, Martin, uh, Lloyd Martin Jones who said, most of our problems are because we are listening to ourselves more than talking to ourselves. And my favorite pastors, John Piper and Matt Chandler, said, we, our life should be marked by preaching to ourselves. We never outgrow our need for the gospel, and so we need to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. Now, if you're like me, then you're in good company, because there was also someone else who was always talking to himself. And that person is King David. If you're familiar with King David, he wrote Psalm 103. He wrote, he wrote many, many psalms. And he was always talking to himself. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 42, where King David is, he's really getting down on himself. He's saying, why are you so downcast, O oh, my soul? Why so disturbed within me? And at the end of his psalm, he goes, I will, I will bless your holy name. There's a, there's a band called the Sing Team. They, they cover this song. In fact, there's many artists who just take the psalms and they sort of plagiarize it and then they, they write their own song, which is the best thing we could do is just take the Bible and just, just make a tune to it and you're singing scripture. And in this psalm, King David says, why are you downcast, O oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? I will bless your holy name. And so I, these, these artists have helped me internalize the scriptures, and it's taught me how I could sing these to myself. To myself. And, and to your day's passage, if you go to Psalm 103, one of the things, I will fast forward to verse 8, he says here, in Psalm 103, in verse 8, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love. That is King David quoting Exodus 34. Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7 says, The Lord is 
uh, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love and truth, which the first time uh, Chaplain Brian got up here, I think it was one of the first things he said that attracted me to my friend here was he said, this is my life goal, it's just to be loving or gentle, something with you summed up this verse. And that's my, that is my desire for myself and for you and for us to do this together. This verse is cited more than any other passage in the Old Testament. 27 times different Old Testament writers cite Exodus 34 and King David is no exception. He, he sings this and he writes this. Now, in, the Psalm, in Psalm 103, in Psalm 103, over and over, he's saying, bless the Lord, O my soul. What is he doing? He is talking to himself. Usually when people see someone talking to themselves, they go, that person's a little crazy. He's talking to himself. Is he a homeless person? Is he on drugs? No. It is normal to talk to yourself. It is normal to be hearing your own voice in your, in your mind, your head. But it is biblical to be preaching to yourself and to speak truth to yourself, to remind ourselves who we are in Christ and who he is in us. If we forget who we are, then we see everybody through, the, through a, a, a tainted lens. If I remember who I am in Christ, then I see you clearly. If I forget who I am in Christ, I don't see you clearly, I see you through my flesh. The only times I get frustrated with other people is when I forget who I am, who he is, and what he wants to do through me and in me. See what I'm saying? If we see God clearly, we see ourselves clearly, we see each other clearly, and we're no longer frustrated with people. I have no enemies. I have no enemies. Why? Because Ephesians 6 tells me that I wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So if I look on the news and I look at what's going on in North Korea, well, well Kim Jong-un is not my enemy. He may be a victim of the enemy, but he's not my enemy. See, He may be someone who's believing some lies that, that says he is God and he doesn't need to use the toilet. That's it's true. He believes that, but he's not my enemy. If I think about Iran and the Ayatollah and he's saying death to America and, and all these things, that guy's not my enemy. He may be a victim of the enemy, but he's not my enemy. So my heart breaks for someone who's believing lies, not because of them, not because they're believing lies. And we can get into all sorts of politics and what's going on and this and that. None of people are my enemy. I have one enemy. It's the enemy of God, which could be the world, the flesh, the devil, his little minions, the demons, my flesh. It's the enemy. But I... I have a love for people because everybody's created in the image of God. That's what we all, that's what we all have in common. We're created in the image of God. So, so King David is writing, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. He sings before the Lord God is compassionate and gracious love, slow to anger, abounding in love. Okay, what, what I want to make a practice of doing too is, is hearing the word of God over and over. We... we, we preach the word of God, we read the scriptures. I'm going to read it in five different versions. So it really sits down on, it really sinks into, into our, our hearts on what this passage is saying. And then I'll uh, break it down for a little bit. I have developed a, a way where I approach the scriptures. I do a DISC. I discover the context. I identify some key words. And then I look at the subject. 
and then I do what's called a little compliment, which, which is just a summary statement of, of the whole passage. So King James Version, which this is an old, uh, in, the, in the 1600s version of, of the Bible, and uh, it's very, it's like William Shakespeare type language. People don't talk like this anymore, but there's a lot of people who like to use this. Bless the Lord, O my soul. If you can, if you can read it, we could read it together. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Uh, a little bit uh, not as rigid version is the New American Standard. Let's read that together here. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who pardons our iniquities, who heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, and who satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. So the, the key words I want to point out today are the benefits. There's five benefits. I will not be able to unpack them all, but maybe this might be an ongoing theme for the rest of the year. I mean, who is in need of forgiveness? Who is in need of healing? Who is in need of redemption? Who is in need of, of loving kindness? Who is in need of satisfaction? All these things. So these will never get old. We will come back to them, even though we're going to breeze over them today. I'll, I'll read this one to you. There's a New Living uh, Translation. It's a more dynamic translation, a little bit looser, not as literal. Let, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sin. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death. He crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, I love reading this translation. It's not, it's just a, a, as loose as can be. Eugene Peterson and some people will say, well, that's not even the Bible, but whatever, okay? It's, it, it, it stirs my affections for Jesus. I, I love reading this. Oh, my soul, bless God. From head to toe, I'll bless his holy name. My, oh, my soul, bless God. Don't forget a single blessing. He forgives your sins, every one. He heals your diseases, every one. He redeems you from hell. He saves your life. He crowns you with love and mercy, a paradise crown. He wraps you in goodness, beauty eternal. He renews your youth. You're always young in his presence. Do you know there's no such thing as an adult in Christ, adult in God? You know God, how God sees us? We are all children. We are all children of God. One time I saw a meme. There's a, there's a guy getting on the train, and the, the train conductor says, hey, you have, a, uh, you have a child's ticket. He goes, I'm a child of God. Okay, so anyways, don't use that. I'm not saying to use that. But we are all children of God. We are all children of God, and, and that's how he sees us. That's why God has so much grace and mercy for us. Just like you never got mad at your child when they were learning how to walk when they fell. You only encourage them. That's, how, that's what God does to us. He's only encouraging when we fall. 
which if you're like me, that's every day you're in need of a Savior. Now, here's the version that I am reading this year. It's uh, the Christian Standard Bible. My soul, bless the Lord, all that is within me, bless his holy name. My soul, bless the Lord, and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity, soul. He heals all of your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. I just want to harp on these five benefits right here. Forgiveness, healing, redemption, crowning with love and compassion and satisfaction. Something that applies to every single person in here, regardless of your age. Let me start with the young ones. Raise your hand if you have a brother or sister. Have you ever needed to forgive your brother or sister? Have they ever done anything to make you cry? Have you ever got angry at them? Notice I didn't say they made you angry because you can't do that. You you chosen to be angry? Okay, you can put your hands down. Yes, we got a dad in the back raising his two sons' hands. Yes. <laughs> now, you adults, how many of you are married in here? Might you have ever needed to forgive your spouse? Yesterday, Jeanette and I got in an argument in the car because I was trying to find some time to prepare this sermon. And at the end of it, I was like, not today, Satan. Well, it was actually the next day. I slept on it. I slept on anger. That's not good. But I just want to be honest. Can I be, can I be completely honest with you? I'll never hide from you. I will never hide. I'll always tell you exactly where I'm at. But something will you need every day. There's someone in here who doesn't know how to forgive. I'm not saying this in a judgmental way. I'm saying thank God that you're here. Thank God that you're here. Because you stick with us, you're going to learn how to forgive. And maybe you're 50 years old, or 60, or 40, or 30, or 20, and you go, gosh, I don't know how to forgive. I don't know how to do it. And quite frankly, I don't want to. I'm so thankful that you're here. We're going to be spending a lot of time in forgiveness in this season. We need it. We need it every single day. How many of you are in need of healing? There's two different versions, two different approaches to whether or not uh, David is talking about physical healing or, or internal healing. I would say, why, why, did, why can't it be both? Why can't it be both? When God heals us from our, from our physical ailments, doesn't that bring him glory? It does. So David could be talking about that. He could also be talking about the internal diseases, the internal wounds, the things that, that level the playing field and make us all the same the guilt we walk around with, the anger we walk around with, the jealousy we walk around of, the hatred we walk around with, all those are forgiveness issues. Every single one of those things is an issue of forgiveness and healing. I think you don't have to be alive that long before you experience your first wound. Maybe your dad didn't tell you he loved you enough. Maybe your mom didn't tell you she loved you enough. Maybe someone hurt you Early on, maybe, maybe someone called you a name. Maybe someone made fun of you because of the color of your skin or the height or your body type or your learning abilities. or so, Those are all wounds. 
And some people operate out of their wounds. They say that a person who lives in a world full of triggers is a person who has never healed from their wounds. So I don't look at the world and say, that person's angry. I go, that person's hurt. I sit in on these things all the time where we sit on who's about to get NJP, non-judicial punishment. There are service members getting in trouble. They're going to stand six feet centered in front of the commanding officer's desk, and they're getting in trouble for something. And I hear this all the time because I'm in these meetings all the time. Well, this guy's, this gal, this person's just angry. And I go, they're not angry, sir. They're hurting. And it's a different perspective that they're not used to, that some are not used to. If you're a commanding officer and you're in here, I, I would encourage you. Some people bring a different perspective. Chaps brings one perspective. I get dialed into the brokenness of humanity every single day. So people tell me things they would never in a million years tell another officer, let alone the CEO or, or, or someone in the triad, someone high up, someone who's got power and authority. So I get dialed into these things. So my perspective is, if we live in a world where there's a lot of hurt, then that means we live in a world where people are operating out of their wounds. And God has made my mission in life to turn my ears into graves where people could bury their problems and begin healing. That is for everybody in here. Let me, let me, let me switch back. I'm gonna just going to focus for the rest of my time here on forgiveness, and then we'll pack it a, a, another time. Um, how, many, how many Afghanistan vets do we have in here? How many people have served in Afghanistan? Okay. Remember what happened uh, last year? What happened last year? August 15th, 2021. The fall of Afghanistan. When the government collapsed, okay? And uh, I was in an infantry unit with with the Marines uh, when this happened. And there was this instant, I felt it. There was this instant anger that like filled the unit. It's, it's an infantry unit. It's a, it's a grunt unit. So it's a bunch of ground pounding, like knuckle dragging, like, like they couldn't believe what, what we were seeing on the news. Um, and then as we say in, in the military, the balloon went up. When, the, when they say the balloon went up, that means something's happening in the world where everybody's just, they're, they're ready to go. And if you... If you get to see what I see and you, you, you hang around war fighters at the forefront, at the tip of the spear, I saw, I saw guys jump out of their seat and go, send me, send me. There were people lined up. Back then, the, the, the COVID shot was not mandatory yet. It wasn't October yet. So there was a bunch of guys, it was like segregated. Those who, who, who did not want, did not feel comfortable with, whoever religious exemption, there was these people that, that didn't want the vaccine, and there's these people that, that did. When the balloon went up, there was a ton of young men that I saw get in line and say, I was do whatever, now I got to do whatever I got to do to serve my country. I have to go to that fight. Sir, send me. So there's a bunch of guys that got in line to, they just had to work over their conscience and their, and their religious convictions and all these packages that I had, they just said, you know what, sir, I, I'm setting that aside. I need, to go, I need to go to war. I need to go be with my boys. They ended up taking, um, they ended up taking uh, a, a battalion, a company from, from our unit. 1st Marine Regiment, 2nd Battalion. I have a picture of, of uh, 
Marines from my regiment, all, all, these, all these Marines would have been in my chapel. We did all the pre-deployment prep in the chapel, so whether or not they're chapel attenders or not, they would have gone through to do their assessments. So I've seen these, I've seen these boys. Um, by the end of August, this is, this is one year exactly to this date. This, is, this picture was taken 21 August 2021 at the Abbey Gate in Afghanistan. And about, about five days later, there was a, an explosion that happened um, in the Abbey Gate, and it killed 13 Marines. And uh, 10 of those Marines were from, uh, from 1st Marine Regiment, spread out throughout the United States from their, for their home of record. And, and I, I conducted three of those funerals, and I held the hands of, of parents for, for, for weeks. And there was a lot of intense mourning. There was a lot of bitterness there was a lot of unforgiveness. There was a lot of just a wide range of emotions. And 365 days before that, First Marines had an amphibious assault vehicle that sunk in the ocean and killed nine. Killed eight Marines and one corpsman. This one killed nine Marines and one corpsman, which is the ultimate, like, for a corpsman to die with his, his or her Marines, is, that's, that is the ultimate uh, sacrifice of, of the corpsman. So this, this unit was just a lot of potential for bitterness, a lot of potential for, for ongoing um, unforgiveness. And, and maybe there's someone in here, maybe you know someone who says, have they said the words, I, I cannot forgive, or I won't forgive, or I hate those people, or I can't believe this, or what are we doing, or our government, how could they do this? All these things I'm saying is a distraction from keeping our eyes on the Lord. It's just a distraction. It, it doesn't matter what age we're in. I mean, people were dealing with the same things back in World War II, World War I, in Vietnam, in Korea, in the Cold War, and all these different conflicts. It's what I call the same poop, different scoop, okay? It's just the same. It's the same kind of unforgiveness. It's the same kind of, why, do, why does this have to happen? And... I have something written on my mug. There's two questions. Who is in control? And to whom shall I listen to today? Those are constant ways I preach to myself. Those are two questions I ask myself all the time. Who's in control? That is, that's one scenario here. So if there's someone in here, if you know someone, and you go, I, I don't know how to forgive for this, for this situation. I don't know how to do it. To, to the parents I've been in dialogue with for, for over a year now, um, you know, I'm, they're, they're going to hear they're going to hear this message too. Like let's let's keep walking together. It's it's a sad thing. This is this is what we're here for to do this together, not to do this isolated. So th so there is forgiveness. There is forgiveness. Forgiveness to to not forgive. I've heard it defined as drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Another definition of forgiveness that I've heard is. It's like walking out of a jail cell to realize that the doors were never locked. Another definition of forgiveness, I get it from Jesus. The Gospel of Matthew, he talks about canceling a debt. He talks about canceling a debt. And he says, unless you forgive like this, then Father won't forgive you. It's, like, it's pretty intense. But he tells us it's canceling of a debt. If, this, some, if someone owes me something for me to forgive them, to afie me, to let it go, I literally cancel their debt. And I say, you don't owe me anything. 
Jesus paid it. He picked up the tab and he left the tip. There's nothing for me to, to pick up. So I, nobody owes me anything. You don't owe me anything. That is forgiveness. Now, I have um, uh, another, another story. This is my daughter, Kylie. Kylie had bumped into, he was either the dog or, 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 or her brother. And I said, I said here, oh, what happened? How do you, uh, what do you feel? She goes, sad. And then I go, what do you want to do with your sadness? She goes, forgive him. I go, go, go forgive. And then she just walks away and she does, she does that. Because we bumped into each other. And how does that make you feel? Sad. And what do you want to do with your sadness? Forgive him. Forgive him? Nice. Go, go, forgive him. Anybody know who Redmond is? Yeah? He's a singer, songwriter from England. Uh, monumental for the faith. When he was seven years old, his dad uh, took, his, took his own life. And this is, this is what he tweeted one year. He says, when I was seven, my dad took his life. Depression is a thief. It robbed me of a father and it robbed him of a future. Much love to all who have been caught up in a similar story. And for any fighting depression, you can win this war and don't have to battle alone. But not only that, but, but after his father died when he was seven, his mother remarried. I, I read to an abusive stepdad. And so he just had this unfortunate life of a series of unfortunate events. And in the 70s, at a gospel rally with Louis Palau, he, he gave his life to the Lord. He gave his life to the Lord, and his life began marked by preaching to himself, writing songs so that he could remember who he is in God. And he wrote a song about Psalm 103. Did you know that? He wrote a song, he basically transcribed, he stole the words of Psalm 103. And I bet he made a lot of money on it, and he, gave, he, and he blessed others with it. He gave it, he gave it to the Lord. Would you mind if we sang this song together? I'm going to flash the lyrics up there. Would you want to sing Psalm 103 with me? Okay. Maybe if, if you know the song, let us, let us just uh, sing it together. I... I brought one of these. <laughs> Are there any Marines in here who went to boot camp in the last 10 years? Because the Marines who sang this in boot camp, they had a chant during it, and it is, feel free to yell. But anyways, it's just Psalm 103, okay?
writer. May our souls choose to bless the Lord and not forget any of his benefits this week. God bless you.